Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Anoint us right now. Let there be a spirit-to-spirit connection as your word is spoken today. We want to know your heart for us. Renew our minds as we hear this message so we live transformed lives. This time is yours, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I'm going to read from the NIV from verse 1 to 8. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you on how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more, for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you His Holy Spirit. So in this portion of the letter, Paul reminds the church what they had previously been taught and to reinforce what they had already knew. He uses words like, we urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. And you can hear this in the sentence alone, you can hear his plea as though coming from a concerned father or mother. He's been away from the church, as you all know, and he's concerned that the church will forget what he told them, that they would be disconnected. He's also telling them to be strong and resilient and not be distracted. Distracted from what? From a life that pleases God. And so as I read the whole of Thessalonians, I and reminded of how my husband and I sound like as we were leading our church through the pandemic. Live Gen, stay connected. Don't be distracted. We are thinking about you all the time. Stay connected to God. Stay connected to each other. Stay the course and don't forget the call of God over our lives. It just reminds me of how we speak to them. And so we understand Paul's heart. We understand his plea to his church and his concerned heart. And so this is the same heart that God has for us in this season. God is calling us to be overcomers in this time. Let's be resilient. Together we overcome. It's not just a theme. It's a prophetic declaration of how we are meant to live, not as victims, but as victors. Amen. And so Paul, in his plea, he says, remember to please God. How? You know, the church was going through immense trials and persecutions. So Paul really wanted to remind them to stay the course. And he said this, God's will for you is to be holy. This whole scripture is encapsulated in these two words. Be holy. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 7. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. God's will is for us to be set apart 
in holiness, to be different. We are not meant to be the same as the world. We are not meant to talk or to walk or to think and behave like the world does. We are not supposed to follow its pattern. Actually, in the scripture, God says, be holy as I am holy. The opposite of holy is not really unholy, it's common. In 2 Timothy 2, it says, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. You know, we may be at home safe from a virus, but I'd like to propose that the home can be a really dangerous place if we are not connected to the presence of God. When we are not spending time in His presence and we, be, we become idle, the distractions can pull us into the wrong direction. We've been getting so many reports of people suffering from loneliness, depression. There's been reports of marriage and family and relationship breakdowns. And sometimes to fill the void of loneliness and, and emptiness, we turn to other things to distract ourselves. Sometimes the TV and social media, in fact, a lot of it, a lot of the distraction comes from there. And TV and social media can sometimes make us dull and numb to the things of God. And if the content is ungodly, we begin to feed our flesh instead of the spirit. And that can lead to all sorts of struggles with the flesh. And so, Paul gives a few instructions for living in holiness. In verse 3, he says, Avoid sexual immorality. That's the first instruction. Secondly, control your own body in holiness and honour. Verse 4. And thirdly, do not wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. Now, this may come across as quite direct and blunt, especially pertaining to this subject matter. But if you know and have read the whole of Thessalonians, you'll know that Paul's tone is one of a concerned father. And so he is speaking from a place of love. And so one might ask, why this emphasis on sex and sexual immorality? Sex is not just a physical act. The world usually em emphasizes it as just a physical thing for pleasure but it's actually very spiritual. It affects your soul and your spirit. Sex is meant to be enjoyed between two people within a marriage covenant, an expression of love and intimacy, a demonstration of love and intimacy between a husband and a wife. It's a spiritual act that brings union between two people. So any sexual act committed outside of this covenant works to destroy this covenant. Marriage is a representation of God's covenanted union with us, the union of Christ and the church. He is the groom and we are the bride. It represents our relationship with God and union that is sealed with love. The enemy uses sexual immorality to destroy this union and defile what God has created to be a holy expression and demonstration of love. He will try to put guilt and shame and condemnation in our hearts so He can separate us from relationship with God. It's difficult to approach God when you have guilt and shame. 
In the world now, sexual temptation is everywhere. It's so easily accessible at a click on the website or just a button on a remote control. What is meant to be holy has been made so common. The standard of holiness has deteriorated. It comes through our lifestyle. It comes through sometimes people's speech, casual remarks or jokes about sex or people's bodies. Even prominent ministers in Christian faith are falling away due to sexual indiscretion. So this is a real issue in the world today. It was then and it still is now and probably getting worse. Which is why the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18 to 19, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own bodies. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. There are three points I want to share with you through this scripture about our bodies. First of all, our body is where His Holy Spirit lives. God chose us to dwell in. He chose us to house His Spirit, that He would want to live in this broken vessel. And so honouring our own bodies, honour Him. We need to take care of this temple. If this temple is affected, our soul and our spirit is also affected. Secondly, our body belongs to God. We do not belong to ourselves. We belong to God. The Bible says, I am no longer my own. I have been bought with a price. When we said yes to Jesus, we have given Him full rights to our body, our soul, and our spirit, which means He gets the ultimate say and right over our bodies. His will supersedes our own will. If I give you a gift, you can do anything that you want with it. We are only the steward and protector of this body that God has entrusted to us. If I were to give you an expensive camera or an expensive watch to look after for a short time, you would be very, very careful with how you handle it. In the same way, because God has entrusted, has given us this body and put His Holy Spirit in us, we want to be able to handle it well. We want to take care of it. That's why in Romans 12, it says, In view of God's mercy, brothers and sisters, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. When we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, we're aligning ourselves to Him. Our bodies are meant, our body, soul and spirit are meant to be in union with God. This is why we are called to offer our bodies to Him and not just anything else or anyone else. Thirdly, we sin against our own bodies when we commit sexual sin. And if we sin against our own body and our body belongs to God, it means we are sinning against God and we grieve the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned just now, our body, soul and spirit is meant to be lived in union with God. That's why in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 8, it says, Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives 
His Holy Spirit to you. When our bodies get defiled, it gets darker and we become more vulnerable to sin. And if we repeat the failure, we get trapped in this vicious cycle of sin. And that is not where God wants us to be. God calls us to avoid sexual immorality. He wants us to keep away from it, to stay away from it. Prevention is better than cure. In fact, the scripture says to flee. Just like Joseph in his encounter with Potiphar's wife when she tried to seduce him, his first instinct was to run. 2 Timothy 2 verse 22 says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith and love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Second instruction on living in holiness. Control your own body in holiness and honour. 1 Thessalonians 4 says that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. We have control over our bodies. We have a will over our bodies. We can choose to put our bodies under the control of the flesh or put our bodies under the control of the spirit. When we give in to lust, we are putting our bodies under the control of the flesh and we dishonor our bodies. What is lust nowadays? Because sex is treated so commonly, it's difficult to tell the difference between lust and love. Lust is the counterfeit of love. And there are differences. And I'm going to show you this chart. Love is a decision. In the same way Jesus made a choice to die for us on the cross, He was motivated by love. It was a decision that He made. He laid down. He chose to lay down His life. Love is a decision. But lust is a feeling. Love flows from the heart and the soul and the spirit but lust is merely hormonal. Love is physical, emotional, and spiritual, but lust is sexual and physical. Love is a long-term commitment. Lust is short-term pleasure. Love is selfless. It focuses on what I can give, but lust is selfish. It focuses on what I can get. Love desires the best for the other person, Lust is all about me. Love is unconditional. Lust is conditional. Love is sacrificial. Lust can be entitled and manipulative. Lust can blind us to love. Paul says those who indulge in lust do not know God. God is love and when true love is present, lust cannot overtake your will. It cannot be present. When sex is done outside of the will of God, spiritual ties are formed that bind you to darkness and keep us in bondage. Many in toxic relations, in toxic relationships, want to get out of relationships, cannot get out because there is a spiritual tie that binds them to that, to that relationship or to that person. And they want to get out, but it's so difficult to get out. It's like they are in a prison because the impact is spiritual. This is not the will of God. We need to pursue more of God's presence in our lives. He needs to be a reality in our lives. We need to fill our lives with His Word. We need to allow His love, true love, to come in. 
So how do we control our bodies in holiness and honour? Firstly, we need to abide in intimacy with God. We all desire intimacy. We are all built to love. We all desire to love and be loved. If we want to walk in purity, the first and greatest key is to abandon your hearts in love to Christ. It is only abiding in intimacy with Him can you overcome temptation and lust. You do not have the power to resist the devil apart from God. It is not just about keeping away. We need to have a greater reality of God and His love so we don't seek counterfeit forms of intimacy. The key is in submitting and surrendering yourself to God. In James 4 verse 7, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And a lot of times we focus on the resisting part. But the reality is that we can't resist until we submit. We need to submit to God. Only He can give us the power to resist the devil. Then He will flee from us. Abide in intimacy with God. Secondly, how do we control our bodies in holiness and honour? Guard your eye gate. Luke 11 verse 34 says, Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. Our eyes are the gateways to our minds. If our eye is like a gate, and you just need to think about the gate outside your house or the gate of your house. You wouldn't just let any random stranger in through their entrance. It serves as a form of protection. Your eye, in the same way, is the gate to your soul. In our battle with sin, our body can either help or hinder us when your body is full of light. As the scripture says, it helps you in your pursuit of righteousness. But if your body is full of darkness, it pulls your soul and your spirit into darkness. So, if one watches pornography, for example, we are allowing an open gate for the darkness to come in to our soul and to our spirit and into our thought life. Our soul is our mind, our will and emotions. And the first place it will hit is the mind. This is the realm of fantasy, imagination and desire. And if our thought life is pure, it will be expressed in purity and honour. But if our thought life is impure, it will be expressed in sinful actions. A prolonged stare can lead us where we are not supposed to go. So we need to be vigilant about the media content that we consume, whether on TV or even on social media. We need to honour God also in the way that we view or, con or conduct ourselves in the presence of the opposite sex and not allow ourselves to entertain unwholesome thoughts. It all begins in the eyes. Matthew 5 says, 28 to 29, But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And this applies to both men and women. This is not being literal, but Jesus is saying to radically remove 
anything from our eyes that will cause our body to fall into sin. And so how do we control our bodies in holiness and honour, abide in intimacy with God, and guard your eye gate? Third point on living in holiness, do not wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. And I'm going to read from the NKGV version, verse 6, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. It's one thing to sin against your own body. It's another thing to sin against somebody else's body. What does the word defraud here mean? It means to make a gain at the expense of another. Making a gain at the expense of another is not love. We don't want to stumble or hurt another brother or sister or violate his wife or her husband. We need to honour the other person and see that person through God's eyes. That person is made in the image of God. That person is a child of God. Let's not take advantage or do our brother or sisters wrong. To be honest, this is not an easy scripture to share. Even for Paul, I believe it was quite challenging, but he was sharing God's heart. So please know that this scripture is not meant to judge or to condemn anybody. He is speaking from the heart of God and He did it because of love. In closing, I want to share this about holiness. What we need to know is that holiness comes from God. We cannot make ourselves holy. It is God that makes us holy. We cannot set ourselves apart. Only God can set us apart. We cannot try to be holy or strive to be holy. It's something that comes from God. Holiness is a key to His kingdom. Without holiness, we cannot have a full relationship with God because He is holy. And we have access to this holiness because of His blood shed for us. You are the righteousness of God in Christ and the blood of Jesus has already made us clean and righteous. Jesus has already done it is finished. Let's not live in shame, guilt and condemnation anymore. We need to start believing in the power of the blood and begin to work and operate and live from the finished work of Jesus. What do you believe? Do you believe you are a new creation? Or do you believe that you're still stuck in the old ways and in the old thinking and believing that you'll never get out of it? If we don't believe, then we need to get back in the presence of God. And we need to begin to activate His power over our lives. We need to let Him do the cleansing work. The other thing that we need to know about holiness is that holiness brings God into our spiritual condition. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, they hid away from God because of shame. And God was looking for them. He asked, where are you? Do you think God did not know where Adam and Eve was? I believe He was asking about their spiritual condition. He's saying, Adam and Eve, where are you? Why are you not with me? God knows what you're struggling with. He is looking for us. He wants you to be with Him where He is for us to return into His loving presence no matter what your condition is. 
We need to understand the enemy is trying to bring separation between us and God. This is why holiness brings God into our spiritual condition. A lack of holiness separates us from God. He will try to defile our temples. The enemy will try to defile us and try to imprison us in shame so we stay away from him. But the enemy cannot win unless we let him. Satan will try to hinder us so we cannot reproduce spiritually and be fruitful. Sex is a means of reproduction. In the beginning, God told us to go forth and multiply. So in the same way that we reproduce physically, we are also meant to reproduce spiritually. God wants to restore families and communities. He wants to bring revival. And we have seen how sexual sin has destroyed families and relationships and marriages and generations. This really isn't just about us and us just feeling pure and feeling clean and feeling like a good Christian. This is about God's greater plan for redemption on this earth. He, he wants to bring heaven to earth through you. He is calling us to be ministers of reconciliation. And if we are hindered, we cannot operate in our full destiny and be aligned to His will. And the third thing you need to know about His Holiness, His love is holy. His love is so different. His love is so different, so set apart that people cannot help but be drawn to Jesus when they encounter this love. We need to be set apart in love. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 9 to 12, For God Himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more then people who are not believers will respect the way you live. So this isn't just about us. This is for our brothers and sisters in Christ. For the sake of our families, for the sake of those who do not know Him and through our commitment to holiness, our abiding love for Jesus and our love for one another, we will, res we will win the respect of outsiders, of people who do not know Christ, to win the respect of the outsiders, we cannot be the same as the world. We need to be set apart, not common. This is how the world will see that Jesus is among us. His love, His extraordinary, unconditional, agape love sets us apart in a loveless world. We are on the verge of a great move of the Holy Spirit like never before. We need the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, what we have is just religion. And we don't want to hinder His move. Let's commit in our hearts to commit to holiness and purity. The Holy Spirit cannot work fully through an unclean temple. No one uses a cup that is contaminated to drink water. The cup needs to be washed first. We cannot pledge full love and allegiance to our Lord, but fill our lives with impurity. The Holy Spirit burns away the impurities and refines us. That's why we call Him Refiner's Fire. When gold is put under intense heat, it separates dirt from pure gold and this fire exposes 
every hidden sin and motive. You have gold inside of you. Don't let the enemy hide the gold, but let God separate you from the dirt and call out that gold from you. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Who can stand in His holy place? Those who have a clean hands and pure heart. It's time for consecration. Let's pray. Let's devote our hearts in intimacy and communion with Him. Let's get on our knees. Church, we need to rise up even in this difficult time. I declare that your secret place will be ignited so that you will live out of His love always. God is bringing the church together and He is preparing His vessels. I don't know if you're involved in the firewall prayer, but just recently, God brought over 400 pastors together to pray and intercede for this nation. God is preparing His church. Let us repent and surrender and offer ourselves to Him so that He can cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 verse 19 If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is power in the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is a way out. I want to call for those of you who have been struggling with guilt and shame and condemnation in relation to sexual purity. If that is you and you are struggling right now to get out of sexual sin, I want to pray this prayer with you. I want to invite you to say this prayer with me. I'll put it up on the screen. If that is you, could you put your hands to your heart? Let us consecrate ourselves again and commit ourselves back to God again. And today I want to declare a fresh cleansing over your conscience by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you put your hands to your heart? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I confess that I have opened myself to sexual sin. I repent. Forgive me, Lord, and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Let the precious blood of Jesus wash my eyes, my body, soul, and spirit. Renew my mind, Lord. Help me to partner with the truth and restore me to an abiding relationship with you. Give me strength to turn away from sin and walk in obedience to you. I declare that I am a new creation and the old has gone. Fill me with your Spirit and empower me by the power of the Holy Spirit to live out your word and please you. I declare you are my Lord and Savior. I declare that because of, a, of your blood, I am holy because you are holy. You are my master. Make this vessel ready to do your will. I choose to be holy. Amen. I also want to pray for those of you who are maybe even stuck in addiction to pornography. I want to declare right now in Jesus' name that you are set free from addiction to pornography in Jesus' name. I also want to pray for those who have gone through a history of sexual abuse. It has damaged you and you just can't seem to break free from the prison of that memory. I also want to pray for those those of you whom have, whom have had spouses, who've had extramarital affairs, and it has broken you and your children, 
I believe God wants to restore you today. I want to pray for you. I also want to pray for those of you who are in toxic, manipulative, impure relationships and you know it isn't right and, and you've been wanting to break free. I want to pray for you as well. Can you just lift up your hands to the Lord? I believe God wants to surround you with His love right now. Holy Spirit, you see these hands that are lifted up to you. And Father Lord, they are crying out for help. They are crying out to be set free. And Father, in Jesus' name, I want to declare that they are set free by the blood of Jesus. They are set free from the prison of that memory, Lord Jesus, of sexual abuse. Father Lord, I declare, Lord Jesus, they are set free from the pain, Father, of extramarital affairs in the family. In Jesus' name, Father, we declare restoration, Father Lord, over them and their families and their children. Father, will you carry them in your love? Holy Spirit, we ask for you to surround them right now, for your love to be upon them. And Father, we also want to pray for those who are stuck in toxic relationships. Oh Father, will you give them the strength to let go? Will you give them the peace and the strength to let go, Lord Jesus? Father, we want to declare that they are a new creation and that, Lord, you want to lead them towards their destinies. Father, you are full of compassion for them. The Lord is full of compassion for you and He wants to help you. He wants to be there with you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving them. I speak healing. I speak restoration. In Jesus' name. Amen. We need to fight for our marriages, our families, and our children. If you prayed that prayer with me just now, I want to encourage you to believe what you have prayed. Also, if you're still struggling with sexual purity, I really want to encourage you to get connected to somebody we all need help. Get someone to journey with you so that we stay in victory. We can only overcome together. So get connected to somebody so that they can help you and walk with you through this journey. Amen. Remember, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Believe in the power of His blood and believe in His Word. Stay close to God, church. Draw close to Him. Stay connected to others as well. Live to please God. Be holy. God is preparing us. So let's get ready for Him to move through our lives and through this church. Amen. If you need prayer, please go to the Zoom link after the service. It's right below. You can just click in and somebody will be there with you to pray with you and pray for you. In closing, I want us all to sing this song together. Let's just offer ourselves in worship to the Lord as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Him. I love this song. It's called Purify My Heart. And let God minister to us even as we sing this together. See you soon, church. I cannot wait to see everybody again. All the pastors miss you. Have a wonderful week ahead.